What's up, listeners? I am Travesty. And I'm the Freak Joe. And welcome back to this freaky show. It is a weekly podcast with a little bit of something and a whole lot of nothing. It's the same podcast that we utilize the four weeks we have in October to celebrate Halloween and everything that comes with it. The episode that uh, you are listening to today is brought to you by BallWash.com. That's right. Folks, if you're just like me and you uh, prefer your uh, genitals to uh, be clean, pristine, and smelling good, you want to find a product that does that for you. BallWash.com is the best one-stop shop for all your testicular genital area needs, from shampoos, conditioners, body washes, some nut rubs, they got, uh, fucking, uh, body scrubbers, uh, some wipes. They got a, they got a lotion that you rub on and it kind of dries like a powder. I think they came out with some boxers. They got hand sanitizer because of COVID. So many, uh, goodies that you can kind of fill your cart with. And then when you go to check out, there's a little promo code box there, guys. And you can type in FreakNet. That's F-R-E-A-K-N-E-T. And that promo code will get you 15% off your entire order. That's right, everyone. Ballwash.com, from head to toe, from hole to pole, it will get that funk out of your junk. Nice. This freaky show is also brought to you by Audible.com. If you need some scary stories to keep you up at night during this month of Halloween, head on over to audibletrial.com slash freaknets to get a 30-day free trial plus a free credit towards your first audiobook purchase. If I may recommend something, I would recommend The Stand by Stephen King. It is one of his longest books. It's about 52 hours of listening on audio, but it is read so incredibly well and spine-chillingly told. It is a great story. They're getting ready to make a uh, a miniseries that will be coming out, I believe, sometime next year. So uh, if you want to get yourself ready for it and get yourself uh, well-read and also well frightened, head on over to audibletrial.com slash freaknet right now and try it out. Nice show. Thank you. Alright guys, uh, we are back. Um, we do apologize on, uh, from our end on uh, a delay in uh, a release of a This Freaky Show episode throughout the month of October. Uh, a lot of big things, a lot of big changes happening uh, in both our lives, uh, being that the uh, Freak Joe uh, was helping Cartoon Joe move into his new house, um, as well as uh, me starting my new job and with the new work schedule and everything. It's just really hard for us to get together and everything. But um, we are here, uh, me and the Freak Joe, uh, not only are agreeing to not uh, drop more things on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the <that> <clears throat> things I do now. It's so crazy. But uh, we are also going to release uh, two episodes uh, in this week to kind of make up for last week. So uh, uh, listen to this show, and then make sure you check out the uh, show following this. Uh, they will fall within two weeks of each other, or within the same week of each other. Um, but we wanted to make sure we give you guys uh, the right amount of uh, dues, I guess, towards Halloween that we feel that you need. Uh, because this freaky show, uh, especially for 2020, is really important to us just because of the additional content we created for it, uh, but as well as uh, the shitstorm that this entire year has brought upon uh, our society. We feel that you guys need more kind of uh, 
shit to enjoy. So I don't know a better way to say it. Uh, and the additional content that I mentioned is uh, the Freaky Cemetery Tour that uh, we did um, that's now being released on uh, our YouTube channel, FreakNet Studios. You just go to YouTube.com, search FreakNet Studios. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell, and make sure you select uh, notification all so you know when the videos do drop. Uh, we did eight cemeteries, uh, Freak Joe. We checked out, uh, several, uh, cemeteries throughout the Midway, Midwest, Illinois, Central area. Uh, I do believe as we are recording, there are currently six of the eight videos that are available. Uh, if you guys haven't had a chance yet, we did check out Oxable Cemetery, Moon Point Cemetery, Lithuanian Liberty Cemetery, Blood Point Cemetery, Woodlawn Cemetery, and uh Mount Olivet Cemetery are all available uh right now on the YouTube page to check out. Next week uh we'll be finishing off with the remaining two episodes, which I do believe will probably be the more popular ones because they are probably the more well known, and that is Resurrection Cemetery and Bachelor's Grove. So um Looking Joe forward. right, I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that uh you did have a chance uh within your busy schedule to maybe check out some of these videos. Um how do how how do you how do you feel about the uh, the videos released and everything and uh, what we have uh, done here as part of uh, this freaky show Freaknet Studios and all of the above? I've enjoyed them. It was uh, it was fun to go out and shoot. Um, I really like the music you've chosen for the uh, uh, intro and outro, and then the music that plays while we're uh, just there, and it's fantastic. Um, it's really good. It's it's uh, a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, of like when we were there versus how I feel watching it back. And yeah. um, it's just an interesting, it's an interesting difference. It's, it feels creepier uh, watching it, I guess, because of the, uh, uh, the music and the, um, you, you can see more that you can't see when you're there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I, I think, uh because it, it, it would definitely be um, a whole new experience, especially on your end, because outside of um, Mount Olivet Cemetery and I believe Resurrection Cemetery, uh, those were the two that I believe you were uh, in control of the camera, where uh, I controlled the camera for the remaining other ones. Right. Uh, I think you did do Bachelor Grove uh, for a part of it, and I think we kind of switched out through it. But uh, it's like you got an opportunity to kind of check out the cemetery through your own eyes, and now you get an opportunity to kind of see like what I caught and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really cool to kind of check everything out, like I said, and to like kind of recap it, and I have gotten, like, some feedback from uh, some people about the videos on how they really like it. I've actually had a couple people, uh, ask if they could be part of this, uh, for next year. Like, I actually, I actually had somebody ask me if they, uh, were, if they had any interest in maybe bringing them along with us to this next year if we were to do it. Um, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. I know that is an idea to do this again next year, but maybe not cemeteries. I think we were talking about maybe buildings or churches or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears> so, you know, I tell you what, that might be a fun uh, Patreon reward if we ever get around to making one of those. Oh, that would be very cool. Well, we, uh, I mean, we we always try to do something new and something different uh, when we hit new seasons. So maybe that's something we can look at kind of creating for a season uh, six coming up, which is actually coming up in, I think, about um, like four weeks. I think we're four oh weeks God. away from season six. Uh, and actually, as we're recording, we're only two weeks away from our five-year anniversary show. Woo! So, 
So I'm really excited for that too. So again, guys, make sure you check out the, uh, the freaky cemetery, uh, tours that we did. Uh, like I said, we did eight of them. Six of them are currently released on YouTube, uh, with the next ones being released on, uh, October 30th and I believe October 27th, I think. So, uh, check them all out. Enjoy them. Uh, there's going to be one I'm going to talk about next week, and it pertains to Resurrection Cemetery. I'm going to uh, reiterate the fact that there is a voice in the video that I really wish Joe would have heard. Me too. Because I fucking heard it, and I sent you the recording, and you told me last on the last episode, oh, I didn't hear anything. I listened to the recording. I said, Joe, and it's fucking there. I can't hear it. It's there. I swear to God, I'll kill you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it, it's really cool. Like I said, uh, check it out. Uh, as soon as you guys have an opportunity to watch the video, come check out this podcast, and I'll tell you the timestamp of the noise so you can kind of check it out for yourself. Because I don't want you to sit there and try to focus on, like, oh, there's something. I want to see if you guys catch it on your own. And then I'll tell you the timestamp uh, on the following episode. So I'm really happy for them. I'm really, glad, I'm really glad we took the opportunity to do it. And we did it for you guys because you are dedicated listeners and viewers of our show. And we felt we should give you a little bit more, especially during Halloween. Because it's on top of my list of holidays as well as is, uh, the Freak Joes. Because it gives him an opportunity to kind of get out of bed and spend the next 30 days with me. True. So. Yes. Uh, Joe, we have an exciting show as we are going to be reading, uh, a story created by Sarge, uh, the host of the gray area, one third of Freaknet Studios. Uh, if you guys have a chance, you can check out his podcast and all, uh, podcast platforms. He's also available on social media at, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, the gray area, the gray area one. Um, so make sure you check him out there. Also at the gray area.com. So, um, uh, we get to read his story. Uh, we got, uh, the voice of the freak Joe with the words of Sarge. So that'll be an interesting combination to read. And we're also going to continue, uh, with our, um, our, our freaky show, uh, game, uh, shit or treat. We're going to look at, uh, movie serial killers that are based on real life, uh, serial killers. Uh, I'm going to give, uh, Joe two serial killers. He's going to pick probably the most, uh, creepiest, the most, uh, Serial killerish, uh, the most villainous or whatever, you know, guy, and then we're just gonna, te- uh, match him up against somebody else and so on and so forth. So we're gonna do that as well. Uh, we also gotta go over the presidential bracket, kinda talk about that, get that updated, cause that's been a couple weeks, so you no, know, I just wanna give a quick refresher. But before we even do that, we gotta do the norm, we gotta do what we do here in season five, and that is, uh, our season five, uh, segment of, uh, left. So, uh, Joe, if you're ready, uh, you want to tell me what freaking happened uh, this week? Or last week, technically, or whatever the fuck we're doing? Yeah. So, last week, uh, on October 16th, uh, nine years ago, yeah, in 2011, a 100-year-old man named Faujia Singh became the oldest person to run a marathon at 100 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, according to Wikipedia, he is still alive. Still kicking uh, at 109. Um, he says, uh, speaking about the marathon, the first 20 miles are not difficult, but the last six I run while talking to God. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> Sounds about right. That's the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you got for us? Um, mine is from October 12th, 1997. 
<coughs> excuse me, uh, singer John Denver is killed when a small aircraft he was piloting crashed off the coast of California. The cause of the accident was Denver's inability to switch fuel tanks while in flight. Denver had purchased a plane from the individual who built it from a kit. The boater had placed the fuel switch behind the pilot as opposed to its intended position between the pilot's legs. This prevented the pilot from switching tanks while strapped in and required the pilot to twist their body 90 degrees to reach the switch. Denver apparently lost control while trying to switch fuel tanks and crashed, even though Denver was aware of the switch location and that he had a, he was low on fuel in his primary tank. He chose to fly anyways, believing he could fly on autopilot while switching tanks. Oh, Denver, was not, Denver was not legally permitted to fly at the time due to the previous drunk driving arrest. Huh. Well, he had no alcohol in his system at the time of the accident. <coughs> Excuse me. Which is funny because I was always told that um, he died because he was uh, flying a plane drunk. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. But now we learned he uh, he wasn't drunk. He was just incompetent. So that's yep. Cool. Way to go, Johnny. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I think I'm dying, Joe. We all are. All right, all right, guys. Uh, serial killers or not serial killers? Presidential move, uh, bracket. Same damn thing, I guess. Oh man! All right, I'm here. Don't worry, guys. I am still here. I'm just trying to fucking click the right little box on my computer. So a couple weeks ago, we had four different uh, matchups uh, moving forward in our presidential bracket. This is uh, the round two part of it. We had Theodore Roosevelt taking on Martin Van Buren. Theodore Roosevelt did beat out Buren. Grover Cleveland taking on Ulysses S. Grant. Uh, Grant uh, took the win there. George Washington took on Andrew Johnson, where Washington won. And John Adams took on Lyndon B. Johnson, where John Adams picked up the win. I'm not going to lie, Joe. I think we did these. It feels familiar. Like, reading it back, I think we fucking did it. I don't know. Listeners, you pay better attention sometimes than we do. God, yeah. Can you tr- tell us? Tell us what you think. Right? So you want to tell me how wrong I fucking am? You know what? I know for a fact we did them. So, <laughs> God damn it. Okay, so here are my little post-it notes that I should have just looked at before I did anything. I have the results from the last poll we did a couple weeks ago. God, I'm a fucking mess, Joe. I'm so glad you put up with this. I feel like right, I just got no room. Got no room. <laughs> no room to complain. A couple of weeks ago, we put out four polls in the final round of the round two bracket with Abraham Lincoln taking on James Garfield, Rutherford B. Hayes taking on Ronald Reagan, Dwight D. Eisenhower taking on John Q. Adams, and James Monroe taking on Andrew Jackson. That sounds, that sounds more right. Yeah, so the results of that one, so I cannot be a fucking monster anymore. Uh, Abraham Lincoln beat out James Garfield, which I'm not too surprised. Fucking Lincoln's king. Yep. Uh, the close one, the closest one out of all these was uh, Hayes versus Reagan, which uh, surprisingly, for like the first half of the day, Reagan was taking a lead. Hayes actually beat him out by two votes uh, following the end of the night and the following morning. There were a couple more votes that tallied in. So that one did surprise me. I did think Reagan was going to beat out Hayes, 
but I'm pretty sure it's probably the name Rutherford that people voted for the most. Probably. Uh, Eisenhower beat out John Q. Adams, which I'm not too surprised about. That was a pretty big landslide, as, uh, as so Lincoln won. And another close one, but not too close, uh, Andrew Jackson, uh, beat out James Monroe. So, uh, just give one minute to kind of fill the, uh, remaining actually bracket in, because I don't plan ahead, which we never really do on this show. No. No. It is what it is. I think that's what makes our show more unique and more fan, uh, f- uh, fan friendly. Yeah, it's organic. It's free wheeling. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Maybe if I spelled Abraham right, you know? I don't know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I'm doing the one thing you should never do as taught in uh, computer classes. You never copy and paste. Really? Yeah, I learned that, uh, I learned that you should never copy and paste. I That's guess it's weird. beneath people. I don't fucking understand no. the world. I don't either. Yeah. I think they want you to learn how to type. Yeah, that's pretty much it. All right, guys. All right, so uh, this is... Uh, you motherfucker. Get the hell out of here. Okay. <clears throat> so this is the uh, quarterfinals, I believe this would be called. Yeah, quarterfinals, semifinals. Final. Cool. So we're in the quarter, uh, quarterfinal round. Ooh. Um these next guys will obviously be led into the semifinals, which will go to the finals, so we have our ultimate fucking winner. So, the next four uh, polls that will be going up uh, following this episode, Theodore Roosevelt will be taking on Ulysses S. Grant. George Washington will be taking on John Adams. Dwight D. Eisenhower will be taking on Andrew Jackson. And Abraham Lincoln will be taking on Rutherford B. Hayes. Nice. Yeah. So, Joe, let me get your opinion. I think the close, I think the hardest decision one is going to be Roosevelt versus Grant. How do you think our listeners are going to vote? I think they're going to vote for Roosevelt. You think Roosevelt? Yeah. We're talking Theodore, right? We're talking, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah we're talking yeah, about yeah, Teddy. Yeah. I think so. I think people are bigger fans of him. I would pick Grant personally because I really like Grant, but. Both both outstanding soldiers, uh, veterans in uh, the uh, the military, uh, both young presidents, I believe. I think mm-hmm. I think before I think before JFK came around, I think Teddy was the youngest president, like I think forty seven years old or something like that. Grant, I that's I correct. Was, I think Grant was somewhere in his fifties. Grant, obviously, the general of the Civil War, where I think Theodore Roosevelt was a uh, oh God, I want to say French Indian, but that does that's not even sound right. War of eighteen twelve, maybe or some shit like that. No, he was he was uh oh, yeah. after the Civil War, but before World War One. Yeah, I, don't know, I can't remember what wars they were. Was Spanish, there a Mexican American Sp- War in there somewhere? Was it Mexican Amer- Spanish American War? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, all I know is that uh, he was the leader of the Rough Riders. I think uh, he uh, he was known for like those uh, those little tiny bifocal like pinch to the nose glasses that didn't go around your ears, just pinch to the nose. Mm-hmm. The teddy bear was named after him. Yeah. So, all in all, yeah. All in all, like the, I think, like the the true only cowboy of the fucking presidents. Yeah. Like, like if anyone was like more cowboy than Wait, anyone, yeah. it was fucking Theodore Roosevelt. Oh yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> I don't know. Like, I I think personally, I would just I would vote Roosevelt over Grant, but I think that's just because like I like the fact that he was a fucking rough rider and like he fucking like shot a bear. People like to root for a rough rider. Right? Who wouldn't? Who would not? 
And those who appreciate that joke can understand it. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So we did that. We got that taken care of. Um, and, uh, we will move forward from that because we'll go on to, oh my God, minimize me, minimize. What the fuck are you doing? Get the hell away from me, you stupid. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know why. I minimized the, the fucking bracket and also it just popped up again. I was like, hey, let's adjust some settings. No, sir, I will not. I know what it's doing. It knows that I'm fucking sleep deprived and it's fucking with me. Yep. Okay. Joe, we're going to play some uh, shit or treat here, bro. Excellent. 26 serial killer movies based on real life and death of serial killers. I'm going to give you a name and a description of a serial killer. And I'm going to give you a name and a brief description of a second serial killer. You're going to choose which one is more serial killery. And then I'm going to move on to the next one and pair up that person against them. So on and so forth until we go through the list. And you give me the most serial killery that we have from this list. Um... I know there's a lot more other serial killer movies out there other than what's on this list. If you guys feel I left something out, please go on Twitter, go on Facebook, use the hashtag Freaky Show or Freaking Sand, whichever one you want to use, and uh, let us know because I do encourage you guys to give us feedback on the show. It's how you keep uh, interactive in here, and it's how we know how to move forward with our shit. So, Joe, if you're ready, I am also ready. I'm ready. Cool. cool. All right. <clears throat> Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, played by Jeremy Renner. Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer had a total of 17 murders in his life. Uh, see here. Currently, he is dead. He was beaten to death by a prisoner while in prison. Jeff Dahmer was... What's up? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Quick question, Joe. What are you doing where it sounds like you're cutting out and rubbing a microphone? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm running. Yeah, what, what, is, what is that noise? Cause it sounds like a weird, like, Mario sex scene. Uh, it's my finger rubbing the, the microphone hold on my iPad. Mm, you're also very distant and, like, barely audible. Is uh, is this better? A little bit. Mm. What about this? Like, yeah, there we go. Just hold it right there? Okay. It sounds, it sounds like you got too relaxed. Could be. Yeah. We got a little bit more show to do, Joe. <laughs> okay, Jeffrey Dahmer was one of the most depraved serial killers of all times. He began his killing career just three weeks after graduating from high school. Handsome and charming, he lured uh, young men back to his home where he typically drugged them, strangled them, had sex with them, sometimes after death, and dismembered them, saving and sometimes eating the remains. He'll be going up against John Bunting, known as the Bodies in Barrels Killer. He has 11 people as a body count. He used to torture, strangle, and cannibalize his victims. Currently, he is in prison serving 11 consecutive terms of life without parole. John Bunting was the ringleader of a murderous gang that terrorized South Australia from 1992 to 1999. Like many other serial killers, he believes he was cleansing the world of undesirable or weak people. Some of his victims were delivered, dismembered, or discovered dismembered in barrels of acid, given the killer his nickname. Interesting. Yes, sir. I, uh, oh, excuse me. I gotta give it to Dahmer. I just, I've heard of him, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. The only, the only thing I would see that would sway Bunting over Dahmer is the, is, is the belief that he feels he was cleansing the world of people. And that's yeah. a very, that's, that's a very, good. like, like, what could that body count have been if he was never caught? Right. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. But I also feel like there's something to me also, and, and maybe this is a me problem, but the fact that he's in Australia, I just, I just don't care as much. Right. You know, just, America has the best serial killers. I'm sorry. Oh, they got to. <laughs> we make movies about a man. Yeah. That's uh, all we have. That's all we got. That's all we have. We have we have coffee shops and serial killer movies. Right. Based on true events. Uh okay, so Dahmer's going up against uh Ivan Malay. I believe M I L A T, but I'm assuming because it's kinda of foreign, the T is silent. So Ivan Malay, known as the backpacker killer. Uh, seven people in his body count, so not as high as Dahmer or Bunting. Uh, he left victims face down with their hands behind their backs. He currently is in prison, serving seven consecutive life sentences, plus 18 years with life without parole. The killer is called, uh, Mick Taylor in the movie, but the story is based on Ivan Malay killing spree, which terrorized New South Wales, Australia. So we kind of see where this is going because it's Australia. From 1989 to 1993. So, uh, right, right around the time that Bunting fucking started, this guy was kind of finishing up. Malay preyed on backpackers in the Australian outback. Many of them foreign tourists. Some of the victims were de- decapitated. Dang. Mm-hmm. That's intense. Australia, you're, you're really, you're really strong. You got some strong serial killers there. Mm-hmm. It's messed up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I still got to go with Dahmer. I mean, the fact that that he's still he's still alive in prison. You said, "Yep." Like, no, wait, wait, who's, wait, who's alive in uh, prison? Not Dahmer, the other guy. Yes, Malay, yeah, or Malay, yeah, yeah, Malay. Yeah. I just I feel like if if your other prisoners aren't willing to kill you because of how horrible your crimes are, there must not be that bad. Joey, um. I remember you talking to me, uh, wow, maybe a couple of years ago. It could have been a year ago. I, I'm not good with time. <coughs> you did some work in prisons. I did. How would you feel sitting in a class and seeing, like, Ted Bundy fucking walk in? It'd be John, very weird. Like a John Wayne Gacy or some fucking shit like that. Right? I am not sure. Right? It's like, it's like you have to take roll call and pretend not to know it. Or, like, you don't even realize it until you do roll call. And it's like, all right, and uh, Ed Gein. Right. Uh, Right, and he's just look at you, licking his fucking lips, like you actually look pretty fucking tasty. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be able to handle that. All the guys in my class were like, they were good guys, even though they'd all, not all of them, quite a few of them had murdered somebody, mm-hmm. but they were they were pretty rehabilitated by the time they were in class. Mm. Oh, some people uh, do. Uh, I can't remember the serial killer's name. Maybe it's on this list. I'll have to. If he's on this list, I'll kind of I'll try to get the information. I don't have the information for you right now, but basically there was a guy who killed like his 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 grandma and his grandpa and like these other fucking people, and then went to prison and shit, like very young fucking age, still in prison today in the United States, and completely fucking nice guy. Like people would say, like he's one of the nicest guys they ever met. So weird, it's weird. Yeah. All right, uh, Dahmer's going up against the Zodiac Killer. This is probably one of my favorite uh, serial killer stories. Uh, just for the fact that the Zodiac Killer was never caught. 
so just known as the Zodiac Killer. Obviously, there's no real name because the person has never been caught. He targeted and shot or stabbed couples. Uh, currently still is on the loose. Body count is five plus because they still don't have a definitive count on how many. Unlike the other entries on this list, the killer at the center of this film has never been captured. Zodiac claimed responsibility for 37 killings. Police believe that he actually only killed five. Regardless, Zodiac struck fear into the hearts of Northern Californians for nearly a year as he assaulted and killed primarily couples in the area. Zodiac follows Robert Graysman's year-long attempt to identify the killer, although Graysmith and the film seem to settle on one particular suspect as the Zodiac Killer. The case is less clear-cut than the film may actually appear. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the Zodiac Killers sent, uh, some, uh, like, like, uh, <clears throat> decrypted, uh, letters to police officers, uh, made phone calls and stuff like that. They can never really clearly state who it is. There is still a possibility based on years and age that the Zodiac Killer is still currently alive, but if he is, he is probably like, I think in his like 80s, if were to still be alive today. So this is probably going to be one of those things where if they can't catch him, he's going to take that secret to his grave. So Probably, I, I, I like to think that he figured out he could kill more people as a U.S. Senator and <laughs> that uh, it's Ted Cruz. Not even close to the same age. <laughs> my favorite it's my favorite conspiracy theory is that it's Ted Cruz. Ted or was it Ted Cruz's father? I can't remember. Well, I mean, I, 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 know, I, I know Ted Cruz definitely isn't old enough to do it. Yeah. Unless he was like nine. Yeah, he was like nine when he was doing it. There we go. So it, it's, it's where he honed his focus. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, no, don't sue us, Ted Cruz. Or come on the show and talk to us about it. Maybe it would help us help us uh, right. make the big times. Come on the show and talk to us, Ted Cruz. Yeah, come tell us why you're not the Zodiac Killer. Uh, prove it! <laughs> but I am, uh, am going to pick the Zodiac Killer to move on. I think uh, the fact that he, he was never caught is uh, is impressive. And so, you know. Right, and, and and one of the cool things, too, is like those decrypted letters that he's, like, he, I mean, because he gave them, like, uh, I, I know, I, I know there's no word for it, but like legends and stuff to kind of decipher it. And oh, like, nice. co- college, like professors and doctors and stuff could even like crack. I think they cracked one of a few that he sent, but it's like, it, it was basically like challenging to like, here, catch me and shit like that. And obviously I think like, you know, just being a serial killer, like maybe obviously you don't really want to be caught. So maybe the, the, the things made no sense, but. Like no one can fucking solve it. So it was an, it was an interesting story. Uh, mm-hmm. So taking on the Zodiac Killer, uh, the movie Monster uh, is based on the killer Eileen Warnos with seven kills uh, by shooting at close range. Uh, she is dead. She was executed in 2002 by lethal injection. Warnos, the rare female serial killer, targeted men she claimed had raped her or tried to, abandoned by her mother. Warnos began selling her body as a child for cigarettes and food. She was working as a prostitute in Florida during her killing spree. The glamorous Charlie Theron required extensive makeup to transform herself into the hard-lived Warnos. Um, I'm trying to remember, but I do believe, if you remember, Joe, uh, several months ago we did a uh, a show about... Uh, 
actors to go to the extreme. Yeah. Was, uh, there, yeah. I believe she was on it for something. I don't, I'm not saying she killed anybody, but I think there's something like about her diet and appearance and stuff that she like went like hardcore into it. I'm trying to remember, but I think that was probably mentioned at some point in that show based on this movie monster. Gotcha. So Eileen Warnos or uh, the Zodiac Killer? Um, I'm gonna go to Eileen Eileen Warnos. Nice. That's intense. I I I like that. You know. Nice. Good on her. You know, stand up for yourself. Right. <laughs> hey man. Women can be killers too. Right. Right. <laughs> Equal but fair. Mm-hmm. Alright, yeah, uh. Don't, don't be limited by your gender, ladies. Right. Reach for, follow your star. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Alright, next killer on the list is, uh, Henry Lee Lucas. The, this guy actually has a fucking Netflix documentary about him. This also is a pretty interesting dude. Uh, based on the movie Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. Henry Lee Lucas is also known as the Confession Killer, uh, portrayed by Michael Roker in the movie. Uh, his body count is unknown. He has confessed, though, to killing 600 people. <laughs> so, uh, currently he, he is dead. He died of a heart attack in prison. His death sentence was commuted to life in prison by the Texas governor, George W. Bush. Uh, so he was on death roll, but because he cooperated with the uh, location of several dead bodies, they commuted his uh, sentence to life in prison so he could continue to uh, help out. Lucas's first murder was probably his mother, a prostitute who reportedly made Lucas watch her work. There is strong evidence linking him uh, to between two to ten more murders, but when he was in prison, he began confessing to hundreds of unsolved cases. Most of those confessions turned out to be false in the film. His victims were entirely random, including a good Samaritan who stopped to help Lucas fix his car. Uh, if you guys ever had a chance to watch the Netflix film, uh, documentary about it, it is interesting. If you haven't, definitely check it out because a lot of it is actual raw footage from, uh, him sitting down with police officers, uh, smoking cigarettes, drinking coffee, eating donuts, social, uh, socializing with these guys about where bodies are and everything. And they said that, you know, he did confess to about 600 murders. And the thing is, he kept giving them locations on where bodies were, and bodies kept being turned up. Um, so it is an interesting uh, documentary. I do recommend checking it out. Uh, this is this guy actually had a partner at some point too. I just can't remember his name. Is but Joe, uh, yes, yes, that uh, that guy's a fucking nut job. He looks like one, right? He's like uh, I'm trying to. Uh, oh fuck! What is it? You ever watch the TV show Psych? Yes. Okay. Did you remember the one where uh Sean gets like shot and kidnapped and uh you know he's like tied up in like that uh that old gas station? No. So um the actor who plays uh Yandu is in that episode. Oh nice. And, uh, Michael yeah, Worker? And I I yeah, maybe. Oh shit! Yeah, that's the guy who plays Henry Lee Lucas in this movie. Mm-hmm. Awesome, perfect reference. So in that TV show, uh, the the uh, Roker guy, Michael Rooker or whatever, who plays Lucas in this, kind of yeah. plays a Lucas type character in that psych film. 
or that psych TV show. Because there's two guys, Rooker kidnaps Sean because Sean's snooping around shit, brings him to this fucking uh uh gas station, and the other guy who portrays more of an oddest character is like, We need to kill him, we need to kill him, and then uh Rooker's like, No, no, we don't. You know, he has a wife, you know what I'm saying? So it was really fun, cool. And it's awesome that you told me what his real name is because now looking at this picture, he looks exactly like uh fucking Yandu. Uh, makes perfect fucking sense. So, yeah. Um, but what I need from you, Joe, uh, are we send through, uh, Warnos or are we send, uh, Lucas through? I'm gonna send Warnos through because she didn't confess to anything that, uh, she didn't do. Gotcha. So. Okay. Also, right. uh, just as a fun aside, there's a picture of, of Lucas on, uh, on Wikipedia where he looks like Borat. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, his teeth were fucked up too. I think. I think that's. I think they actually offered to fix his teeth to give him more like locations of bodies. It's a. If you have Netflix, check out the documentary. It's so fucking good. It's such a good documentary. It's a lot better than those fucking Bundy tapes. Those things are just creepy. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Next. Uh, next serial killer. Uh, we have Richard Speck. Uh, movie Speck. Uh, eight plus kills. Um. Currently, he is dead. He died of a heart attack at the age of 50 while serving. Lame. Sorry. <laughs> while serving out his 400 to 1200 year prison sentence. Uh, Richard Speck committed to, committed all eight of his confirmed murders on the same night. In 1966, he raped and killed eight nursing students living together in a townhouse by hiding under a bed. One woman, one young woman managed to survive. She later identified him by his distinctive tattoo, leading to his arrest and trial. Although Speck's night of crime was more rightfully qualify him as a spree killer, his suspected early murders make him a candidate for this list as well. Jesus. He's, he's from like close by. Is he really? Yeah, he's from Kirk. Well, he's, Kirkwood's far away, mm. but he died in uh, in Crest Hill, probably at Stateville. Oh, shit, when did he die? Uh, nineteen ninety one, one August. day before his fiftieth birthday. Mm, it's way after the time you were there. Yeah, way yeah. before. That's fucking creepy, dude. Fucking hiding under someone's fucking bed. Yeah. Um. But you know Warren, what? I still think it's lame to die of a heart attack instead of living out your sentence like a man. His 1,200-year sentence? Yeah. What kind of coward just dies? God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, Joseph. Are you, you going to go with Warnos? Yeah, I'm going to keep Warnos. Yeah, stick with Warnos just because dude died of a heart attack. Yeah. Especially at 50 years old. Yeah. Grow up. Yeah. Can you imagine that one savage motherfucker who gets like 300 years to life or whatever by bullshit, like a 300 year sentence and he fucking lives it out? Right? God, that's gonna happen one fucking day. I know. So cool. I mean, it wouldn't be cool because, I don't know. Right? Because it'll be like some 378 year old fucking serial killer living next door to you maybe? Yeah, that'd be really... I mean, yeah. hopefully by then he'd be really feeble and he wouldn't be able to kill anybody. But nah, dude, he'd probably be doing fucking yoga just so he knows like he'd just go out and do it again. Right? It'd be like that uh, that episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine where uh, uh, Holtz 
nemesis got out by seducing the van driver or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, the guy with the fucking, like, cut the off yo-yo. his own leg or some shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The yo-yo strangler or whatever. Mm. <laughs> All right, Joe. Woman against woman. Next one is Carla Hamalka. I need to pronounce that wrong, but I don't care. Uh, we're just going to go with Carla. Uh, oh, three geez. kills. Her MO is she teamed up with her husband, Paul Bernardo, to target young women. Uh, currently, uh, she is alive, remarried, and now living in Quebec. So what? she is not in prison. Uh, the film is a reimagining of a behind bars therapy session with Carla as a psychologist determines whether she should be eligible for parole. It's thought-provoking, yet she came under fire for undermining Carla's complicity in her crimes. In real life, Carla helped her husband rape and kill all, at least three young women, including her own sister. Videotapes of the heinous crimes shown was a more active participation than she originally claimed. Jesus. So she is out. She is remarried. Somebody married that. And she lives in Canada. I, uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to keep Warnos because I just don't, uh, this is, this is too messed up. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Warnos is going to be taken on <clears throat> the Phantom Killer. Um, never caught. So very similar to the Zodiac Killer. All right. Uh, no unknown, uh, the name is unknown, known as the Phantom Killer. Five killed, three wounded. Uh, double homicides targeting couples. Uh, as of today, presumed dead. Uh, a number of suspects emerged for the so-called Phantom Killer who terrorized a small Texas town, but no one was ever arrested for the murders that took place. The townspeople lived in fear for decades after the killing stopped, but they finally slept at night. The crime took place in the 40s making it unlikely that the killer is still prowling the town that dreaded sundown, as the name of the movie, is only loosely based on the phantom killer, but is legitimately a creepy thriller. Oh, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch over to this guy, the phantom killer. Is it because, uh, because he, like, killed people in the 40s and was never caught? Yeah, because he was never caught. I also... Uh, the fact that for decades afterwards, the town was still worried about it. Uh-huh. Uh, that intrigues me. Also, you know, I, I, I admire, uh, just for the, for the, you know, the, what, how, how do I want to say this? The character I'm playing for this game. <laughs> uh, I, I, he know, he knew when to quit. He knew when to walk away. And I admire that. I think that's, uh, that's important. He was the Kenny Rogers of serial killers. Yeah. You got to know when to hold him, when to pull him. That's right. <laughs> Oh God! One of my favorite actors, Lou Diamond Phillips, portrayed serial killer Richard Ramirez, known as the Night Stalker. Um, Confirmed 14 murders, beaten, stabbed, and shot sleeping couples in their homes. I don't know why people are going after couples. I don't know either. Um, He died of cancer, died of lymphoma while awaiting execution. The film follows a a fictional lawyer's Interviews with real-life killer Richard Ramirez, an avowed Satanist who never expressed remorse for his savage crimes on unsuspecting families. The 24-year-old got a sadistic thrill out of brutally attacking the inhabitants of the homes he robbed, where he occasionally inscribed pentagrams on the crime scenes. 
Though his killing spree lasted just a year, he managed to take 14 lives. Dang. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to stick with the Phantom Killer, but that's that's an intense guy. Mm. Probably the stupidest of the serial killers. We have uh, BTK. Yeah. The, the guy who got himself caught. Yep. Uh, BTK, uh, named Dennis Rader. Ten confirmed kills. He would bound, torture, and kill, hence the BTK, his victims, sent taunting messages to police and the media. Uh, currently in jail, serving ten consecutive life sentences. The movie is especially creepy because it emphasizes how mundane murderers can be. Dennis Rader was a father and local uh, Cub Scout leader who started killing men, women, and children alike in the 70s. Wasn't apprehended until 2005. This movie is largely told from the perspective of the detectives who handled his case for the three decades that it was open. Jeez. It wasn't caught until 2005. That's wild. He also, like, I mean, I, I guess in, like, some sense, like, he could have like just stayed hidden, but the fact that like like the anniversary of the murders, like it was like the thirty year anniversary came up or some shit, and he felt that he wasn't getting the due that he deserved, so he fucking decided to go out and do it again and send some fucking floppy disk to cops. That's stupidity at that point. It's like, dude, you're getting away with it. Let it be. Yeah. But anyways, uh uh who who do you got for the next round? Uh we'll keep we'll keep the Phantom Killer. All right, cool. Only for consistency's sake. Probably the most well-known, one of the most well-known serial killers in the world is Ted Bundy, uh, portrayed by Mark Harmon. Hmm. NCIS fans out there, you like Gibbs? Uh, strangled, beaten, necrophilia was his M.O. Currently, he is dead. He was executed by the electric care in 1989, so the same year I was born. <laughs> Ted Bundy preyed on college-aged women who to lure them to their death. He was notoriously difficult to catch, having changed his appearance numerous times, fled across state lines, and even escaped from prison twice, actually. Uh, Bundy's lawyers called this film stunningly accurate in his portrayal of his crimes and mannerisms. Uh, dude was also a kleptomaniac, and there was also a movie released on Netflix where uh, Zac Efron portrayed Bundy, and that too is a very, very good fucking movie. I'm gonna switch over to Bundy. I, I think he's he's, I think the only person on the list so far who's gotten multiple, uh, movies. Yeah. Oh, thirty plus counts too. Yeah, thirty plus body count. Uh, his uh. All right, cool. Uh, probably, uh, probably uh, two two dates in this movie. This is probably the biggest head to head here. Uh, he'll be taking on uh, Jeff Dahmer again. Believe it or not. Oh dang! Okay. Dahmer, Dahmer make a return because it's, there's a different movie called My Friend Dahmer. Again, 17 body count, strangled, dismemberment, necrophilia, cannibalism. Uh, this may be the second Jeffrey Dahmer film to make this list, but the two movies are vastly different. And both warrants reviewing. My Friend of Dahmer is unique as a serial killer movie because the entire film takes place before Dahmer actually began killing. Based on a graphic novel by one of Dahmer's high school friends, the movie offers a portrait of the mind of a serial killer by chronicling his life. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I would void this one out because this is pre-serial killer stories. Yep. 
Cool. Let's move on. Perfect. Here we go. Here's the fucking man, John Wayne Gacy. JWG. Uh, all right. John Wayne Gacy, known as the Killer Clown, 33 body count. Uh, strangulation was his MO. He is currently dead, executed by a lethal injection. As a clown, weren't already scary enough, considered a respectable member of the community. John Wayne Gacy was an entertainer at children's parties by day and a murderer of young men at night. He was arrested. 26 of his 33 victims were found buried in the crawl space of his house. Many of them remain unidentified to this day. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Bundy I'm Gacy. A- that's gonna be a hard one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, you gotta rep your hometown boy. That's true. So we're gonna switch over to Gacy because he was from Chicago. Was it that? Was it the not Displains? That that was Gene, but that was like Displains, Iowa. What town was he from? Uh, he was he was from Chicago, but the uh, the murders happened in uh, uh, Norwich in Norwood Park. God, that's there we go. my my church is right there. <laughs> I think it's fucking. Uh, it was funny because I think I I think it was about a month ago they were talking about how like. The the land that John Wayne Gacy's house was on that built that house that's currently there is for sale because obviously they tore the house down and rebuilt, but right. that land that property is for sale now. Creepy. Uh, okay, uh, David Berkowitz is the next one on our list. Son of Sam, if you guys know, this is a crazy dude who listened to his dog. Uh, six people were killed, uh, killed with a forty-four caliber revolver. He currently is behind bars, serving six consecutive life sentences. Berkowitz's nickname arose from the chilling letters he addressed to law enforcement, which he signed Son of Sam. He gained notoriety for shooting young women in New York City in the 70s, which he claimed were ritual murders performed for a satanic cult. With Martin Sheen and Hector and Lonzo making appearances as detectives and priests, respectfully, this made for TV movie as supporting Gravitas. But also, don't forget, he listened to his dog, and I believe he got caught for, like, he ordered food or some shit. It was something goofy. I can't remember. He got caught, but it was one of those stupid BTK situations. He got himself caught. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to stick with Gacy. Good call, man. Boston Strangler. Albert DeSalvo. 13 people killed uh, by strangulation, obviously. Boston Strangler. Currently dead, he was stabbed by an unidentified fellow inmate. So just like Dahmer, death by another criminal. This film is loosely based on the circumstances surrounding the crimes and capture of Albert DeSalvo, whose identity as the Boston Strangler is still disputed to this day, although DNA evidence unearthed in 2013 matched him to at least one of the murders. Many believe that he was not responsible for all the homicides that he confessed to. Hmm. Well, I'm going to stick with Casey then. Excellent. Uh, I bet you change your mind on this next one. Probably. The movie's called From Hell. The uh, real name of the killer is unknown. There's a dispute about the body count. It could be five. It could be more. His M.O. is throat slashing and abdominal mutilation. Ladies and gentlemen, Jack the Ripper. Oh, classic. This movie is a reimagining of the circumstances surrounding the homicide commitment of Jack the Ripper in late 19th century London. While the killings were very real, swirling rumors and the passage of time have made it impossible to disentangle all the facts from this figure of urban legend. 
we do know that what we know is that Jack the Ripper was a gruesome killer who was suspected to have some surgical knowledge based on his precise mutilations of the body. I have heard several different fucking theories on who this could have been. Uh, actually, H.H. Holmes was considered a Jack the Ripper at one time. Oh, dang. Yep. So, Jack the Ripper or uh, Gacy, bro? You know what? I will. I'm, I am going to change. I'm going to go Jack the Ripper because he is the archetype. Gotcha. Uh, this one I don't get. This one seems stupid. Uh, the Alligator Man, real name Joe Ball, um, killed at least two people, but possibly as many as 20, said to have fed women to his alligators. Uh, he is not alive. He shot himself while being questioned by police. The movie's killer goes by Judd, but his real life in, uh, inspiration was Joe Ball, a prohibition era bootlegger. A witness confirmed that Ball enlisted the help to dispose of two bodies by feeding them to alligators he kept in his backyard. However, many more women in the area had gone missing, including his wife and a few ex-girlfriends, meaning this killer's body count could be much higher. Uh, you know, I think if someone's speculating that your body count is higher, it might not be. I'm yeah. going to stick with Jack the Ripper. Okay. <clears throat> um, Andre Chicatillo. I'm just going to go with Andre. Sure. The Butcher of Rostov. Body count is 52. Uh, the MO is dis- disembowelment and mutilation. Uh, he is dead. Uh, he was executed for his crimes. This movie follows the efforts of detectives to zero in on the prolific murder responsible for the death of dozens of women and children. This American-made movie takes place in the Soviet Union, given an extra depth of incorporating the political ideology of the bureaucrats trying to crack the astonishing case. Nice. Uh, I'm going to stick with Jack the Ripper, but this guy sounds fascinating. Nice. Uh, next on our list, we do have uh, John Crystal. Uh, no, uh, no cool serial killer name. Uh, eight... Kills, possibly more, using gas to render victims unconscious and then strangling them. Uh, currently dead, death by uh, execution, execution by hanging. Uh, the case of this British serial killer is especially fantastic, not only due to his heinous crimes. Oh, fascinating, not fantastic. Oh, holy shit. <laughs> uh, fascinating, not only due to his heinous crimes, his victims include babies and pregnant women, but also because his actions led to an extraordinary miscarriage of justice. Eh, pun. Another man was hanged for his crimes before Christie's culpability was discovered. The film's name comes from the address of Christie's House of Horrors, where he buried bodies in the garden walls and under the floorboards. The movie is called Ten Rollington Place. That guy sounds fascinating to me. I think I'm going to switch over. To John Christie? Yeah. Is he British? Yeah. Well, Jack the Ripper's British, too. Ooh, but that's London. This is more Englandish. This goes, this goes British. This is Britain. All right. Uh, I gotta stop procrastinating. We gotta get through this. Almost done, though. We're good. Uh, Albert Fish, uh, at least oh, three yeah. people. Never heard Sorry. of this guy. I, I never heard of this guy. I'm glad you did. Albert Fish killed at least three people. Cannibalism. Currently is dead, executed by an electric chair. This movie is based on Albert Fish, who was convicted of killing three children and as many, and may have been responsible for another five. The gruesome killer mutilated and ate his victims' bodies. Fish had a family history of mental illness, 
and was known to be a sadomasochist. At the time of his arrest, x-rays revealed that he had embedded at least 29 needles into his own pelvis. Despite evidence that Fish was insane, the jury felt that he should be executed and subsequently found him sane and guilty of murder. Joe, tell me how you heard about this guy, and then who do you pick? Oh, uh, they did a – Robert Evans did a Behind the Bastards about him because there's a, a comedian from Cracked. Uh, her name is Maggie Mayfish, and she's actually like a distant relative of him. No shit. Yeah. Well, so cool. I can get you the link if you want to put it in the show notes. It's fascinating. Yeah, well, you check that out. Uh, what? Uh, who do you pick? You going with uh, Christie? I'm going to John Christie. But. Okay. Uh, we didn't do Ed Gein yet, right? This is a duplicate? Correct. Okay. Uh, Ed Gein, the butcher, butcher of Plainfield, definitely probably in our top five well-known uh, serial killer, along with Dahmer, Gacy, Bundy, uh, and obviously Jack the Ripper. Um he killed at least two people. Now, the reason he's on this list is because a lot of people that he uh, tore apart and shit like that were bodies he dug up in cemeteries. Uh, shooting, mutilation, exhumation. Uh, he currently is dead. He died from cancer while committed to a psychiatric institution. Even though Ed Gein's number of confirmed victims doesn't quite qualify him as a serial killer, the nature of his crimes make him one of the most terrifying and disturbing killers of all time. Uh, Gein mutilated his victims' remains and bodies. He robbed from graves to make suits out of human skin and masks out of corpse faces. Upon arrest, his home was found full of his collection of human remains. Gein was an inspiration for countless horror movies, including Psycho, Silence of the Lambs, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Jesus. You know what? I'm, I'm reading this list of things the authorities found. I think I'm going to switch to him. He's He's... He's real the, fucked up. The nipple belt? The nipple belt. There were nine big... volve in a shoebox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he uh he would uh like bowl he'd like cut skulls in half and use them as like bowls and shit. And... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh Green River Killer. Here's another interesting one. Uh Green River Killer, Gary Ridgeway, I believe this is another prostitute murderer. Uh body count forty nine but confessed to seventy one. Strangulation, necrophilia, dumping bodies into the Green River. Uh, serving life imprisonment without parole currently. Uh, the film captures the crimes of a man who once claimed that killing young women, especially prostitutes, was his career. Ted Bundy assisted investigators in his capture by offering his opinion on Ridgway's behavior and motivations. Many of his predictions turned out to be true and helpful in identifying Ridgway. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm going to stick with Gein. Gein? Gein, yeah, sorry. No, you're fine. Don't apologize. He's a psychopath. Fair. Call him Ed for all I care. <laughs> Eddie! Hey! Right, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, got three more. Okay. Uh, the Iceman, uh, Richard Koklinski. Uh, killed at least six people. Uh, his MO was freezing the bodies. Died in jail while serving two consecutive life sentences. Only two? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, Kalinsky uh, had already earned a reputation for his murder rage when he enlisted as a hitman by the Mafia family. He went on to lead a double life with his wife and children who were unaware of his crimes, but occasionally subjected to his violent temper. This movie leverages a strong cast to create a sleek crime biopic. 
Shannon, uh, I don't know, it's just a Shannon, that's stupid. Why not Ryder, Chris Evans, Ray Liotta? I'm going to stick with Gein. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Wayne Williams, uh, 23, but, uh, 23 is his body count, but that is currently, uh, also disputed. Strangulation and asphyxiation of children. Currently in prison, serving a life sentence. A uh, citizen of Atlanta, Georgia, lived in horror from 1979 to 1981, as 28 children and young adults were killed. After Wayne Williams was already behind bars for life for the murder of two men, police announced that he was also the man responsible for the child slayings. Williams has maintained his innocence, claiming that he was used as a scapegoat when police couldn't crack the case. Hmm. How much would you order him? Sounds interesting. Okay. And then we are ending this with Carl Panzram. Uh, five plus kills, uh, shooting and sexual assault. He is dead. He was, uh, hung for his crimes. Evidence indicate that Carl Panzram committed at least five murders, though he boasted killing 21 boys and men. Panzram was in and out of prison his whole life and wrote an autobiography during one of his stints in jail for burglary. His manuscripts became a basis for the, for the film entitled Killer, a Journal of Murder. Panzram was ha- hung in 1930 after he beat a prison foreman to death. Jesus. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to give it to him right at the end. Sneaking in. There we go. Panzram. Panzram there. Taking taking the title of the creepiest serial killer movie based on real serial killer. So, congratulations, uh, Carl Panzram. If we gave out Star Awards, you would definitely get one. Yep. Alright, guys. Before we dive into our freaky tales here that uh, Cartoon Joe, or I'm sorry, Freak Joe is going to read for us here in a second. Uh, I just want to remind all you guys again, make sure you go to YouTube, uh, subscribe to us, hit the notification bell, check out, uh, the freaky, uh, the cemetery, the freaky cemetery tour that, uh, me and Freak Joe did. Uh, we did that for you guys, um, so you can enjoy that. Also, uh, keep in mind, uh, in two weeks, the week of, uh, November 2nd, uh, we are releasing our five year anniversary, uh, show. Make sure you tune in for that as well because we do have an amazing announcement on that episode that is going to pertain to season six and possibly, uh, more seasons going forward if it works out, um, as well as we're hoping it will. So, um, um, with that being mm-hmm. said, uh, Freak Joe, I'm going to take a step back, and uh, the uh, the show is yours. Excellent. This one is a story called The Knocking. It's uh, by Sarge from the Gray Area. All this paperwork of the lives I live off of. Pointless. Poor desolates that owe their wealth to me. My fortune has been made off the backs of the less fortunate and good riddance. Alas, the document that started it all. My beginning. I have no need for this. It's been too long. I'm going to enjoy reading this over a 20,000 bourbon nightcap before I cast it to the flame. I'm my own entity, and I'm owned by no one. My soul will sleep well to know so. Who 
dares impede on my slumber. The night is for the rest. I shall not be disturbed. I beseech thee to halt this ridiculous tapping at my door. Do these servant peasants contemplate the meaning of knowing their place in my household? There cannot be any valid reason to this aggravating bother. I must maintain my rest, for I am an immersed businessman in the morning. I will not be shaken from a mere mortal with impatience such as this. Do they not understand that I pay their wages, wages that will end come first light due to this betrayal of peace? A brilliant man such as myself does not waver or compromise one's pride to the attention-seeking of the help. I am a lion, and these sheep need to veer from my pride. Men such as me, earning my respected fortune and place in this society as a distinguished leader of self-made entitlement, do not amuse these grotesque grabs at my attention. I built myself up from the cobblestone gutter to be the fortune I am today. This peace and slumber will not be stirred by the incourteous help. My story far surpasses those of any day-to-day -day man. You must stop with this knocking and tapping to return nevermore. I was once a shell of a young man, a whisper to the booms of the people. The world was dark, bleak without any eyes on forward motion. I had those eyes. I just needed the motion. In times like these, I knew what society needed. Money. The currency to move forward in whatever such endeavor they deemed fit. No, I did not wish to ride along on the journey of these people to their future goals. I just wished to be a stepping stone for their pathetic dreams. A stone that seemed like a godsend to the hopeless, but alas, only to sink into my pockets. I did not wish to invest in their hopes just for them to fail later, dragging me as well into the recesses of poverty. Society oozed with desperation, a longing, selfless need to provide and care for the ones they loved. Not me. No way. Family, love, friendship, and hope were signs of weakness, obstacles in the path of these unfortunate men. I just needed the means to give them what they thought they needed, money, to give these futile, pathetic, desperate people a way to get their lives back on track. I wanted to own that track. However... I, too, was a poor man. In order to make currency, I needed it, to give loans with exceeding returns to these distressed and anguished flock of the lost, yet hopeful. Hopeful enough to be taken advantage of, with increased profit for myself. They would take interest in my charity, and I would take interest from them. The need to provide for the ones they love would eclipse anything that I could put into a contract. But how? 
How would I acquire these base funds for such loans? How would I make them legitimized in the eyes of business? I didn't want to be a dirty street shark giving loans out to be paid back under the intimidation of physical abuse. That's illegal. I didn't have the means to hire brutes to take charge from my loan interest. I wanted it to be legal, but just as conniving. Banks and lenders needed to know my model of progression, so I divulged them in my ideal propositions, my low-risk, high-reward behemoth of enterprise that would make me a rich man. These noble weeds in the dirt scoffed at me, belittled me, made me out to be a selfish man that cared not for the humanity and compassion but of selflessness, selfishness, and greed. They were not wrong. I dusted off my best suit, although outdated and worn to appease the tyrants. I had to start somewhere. I didn't have two pence, two pence to rub together. How dare they put the selflessness and compassion of a population over the needs of one man, that one man being me. These hypocrites do the same thing on higher scales, but look down on me like I'm the bad guy. How dare they? The upsharks just looked down their noses at me, not because I was going to take advantage of the needy. Bigwigs do it all the time, but because I was competition to their enterprise and the cake of culture, and they wanted my peace. Enter the perfect stranger. Just when I had run out of options with all the banks and lenders, having said no to me on multiple occasions, he saw that I needed a comfort. Presumably because I was sitting on the grime-ridden ground, having given up like the rest of the swine in this town. Are you all right? he asked. It looked like a Greek god chiseled from the finest marble in the world. His pinstripe suit cost more than all the money I had ever seen, and I wanted a piece. I was going to have to play my cards right if I was going to con this suave gentleman. No, sir, I said, humbled. All the banks won't give a poor man like me a loan when I'm just trying to provide for my family. I just need to get back on my feet. Please, call me Lou. He smiled. I thought to myself, why is he so cordial? Asking to call him by his first name, was he Mafia? This is what I didn't want. I've been where you are, boy, he exclaimed. I, too, know what it is like to have fallen from the eyes of grace. I was pretty sure he wasn't Mafia. Although he looked it, he didn't have any bodyguards or anyone in his company that would tell me that he was connected. Which is good, because if he called me boy again, I was going to give him a good throttle. He caught me looking around, and he, too, looked behind himself, only to look back at me and grant me a bashful smile. He reached a hand out to me and said as he helped me up, All right, tell me about this plan of yours, boy. There's no way I could sway him into giving me a personal loan with the means I wish to feed my caches. I had to think fast and make something up. 
The children of today are in trouble, sir, I said, and he smirked a painful smile. I mean, Lou. My apologies, Lou. And he nodded. Continue, he said, giving me his full attention. Well, you see, these children of today, in times like these, they have no one. Many are orphans, and those with parents, well, those parents lack the means to provide. Although I'm sure they're trying their best. I just wanted a loan to help boost morale and give these children a better place to escape to, with a warm bed and a hot plate waiting. To give them hope that tomorrow can be a better day. I talked softly as I took my hat off, holding it with both hands in my waist, looking down and humbling myself to this gullible fool. His face dropped and got saddened by my fiction. Approaching me, he lifted my chin up with his perfect hands. He smelled amazing. I met his eye, met eyes with him as he said, I'm sold. Really? I beamed a fake smile to impede this imbecile. Yes, come to my office this afternoon and we can hash out the details. He reached out his hand with his card. I took the card and shook his hand. Staying humble. Thank you, sir, I projected. I'll see you soon. Calling me boy was going to cost him. Then we parted ways until the time later that day when his funds became my own. I arrived later that afternoon to Lou's office. The outside was basic exterior. Nothing fancy. I was actually quite underwhelmed based on the way he looked earlier. I was expecting much more. Perhaps he wasn't what I thought. Then I knocked on the door. Quite possibly, no. Absolutely the most elegant woman I've ever seen answered the door wearing the most intoxicating red dress. She was by far, up and away, the most beautiful woman I had ever seen. Blonde. Blue eyes, body, looking like milk, and her smell had me lean in a little more close than I in intended on introduction. The intoxication was much the same as Lou's, but I prefer women, the, and this dame solidified my sexuality. Good afternoon, madam, I said, actually humbled to be in the presence of such a beauty. Hello, sir, she bowed. Right this way to Mr. Furr's office. He'll be right in. That name seems foreign. Fur. It's those heavy G's that's the giveaway. Foreign dollars are still dollars. The lobby was dim yet vast and extravagant. We walked down a corridor that was riddled with the most beautiful art I'd ever seen. Paintings of struggle and hope with a gothic background. A history lesson of the trials and tribulations of mankind reaching for a shining light. The gargoyle sculptures and pieces seemed lifelike. All I saw was money. And this venue had it in spades. Whatever it was that Lou did, I didn't care. I was here for me to boost my propulsion toward my fortune. And this chump was my mark. I followed Red all the way down a corridor black marble with cardinal trim floors, to an office that smelled of leather and pipe smoke. The fireplace was quite large and crackled heavily as the charred wood broke to the heat. It was heavenly. Everything I ever wanted, and will have, 
should this idiot give me what I am owed. She leaned over, looking into my eyes as she took my coat, tracing my shoulder with her manicured nails. With a smile, she exited the office. Those legs. Goodbye, dollface. With a quick knock at the entrance, Lou entered his office. I was so entranced by the outlay of his study, I didn't even know he was there. I've decided to invest in you, my boy, he spoke, as he put what I could only describe as a book on his desk in front of me. Boy or not, I wasn't going to ruin this opportunity. Oh, my. Thank you, Lou, I almost shouted so as to be believable. Yes, my dear boy, one hundred thousand to be paid to you immediately so as to make these to not make these children struggle one more second. Don't worry about the heft of the contract, just basic knowledge of my investment in you. I'm involved with the details, but this is more about your dream. He smiled. All I heard was one hundred thousand. I was just looking for ten thousand, but I was not about to let this imbecile lower this investment. With that funding, I could jumpstart my plan while still having a shell building put up for the pathetic children so as to make him see the truth of my deception. I flipped to the back page and signed my mark right next to his signature of a Mr. Louis Cozen Fur, the dolt giving me his small fortune. The deal was done, and this dunce just duped by a ragtag no-name gutter rat like me. I did it. I conned the rich-giving fool. The money will be at the entrance when you leave. Would you like to play a game of chess before you go? He asked. Oh, no thank you, Lou. I would love to, but I'll have to take a rain check. I'll bet you anything you wish that... wish. I'll bet you anything you wish on that chess match if I'm not back soon, by golly, I said, pumping my fist across my belly, acting like the boy he thinks I am. Duty calls, and these kids can't wait. He nodded at our farewell handshake as I grabbed my jacket and headed to the door. Chess. What a joke. I just want a tougher game than that. Nothing makes a man feel better than taking advantage of the less fortunate. Although Lou has a fortune, I won the day. My future is not a game of chess when I hold all the pieces. Chess. Pathetic. Checkmate, Lou. Days became weeks, which in turn graduated to years, years to decades. I never saw Lou again. With an investment like that, I would have had him pegged to show face. He never checked on the building for the children. I closed that after a year or two. Little parasites of the street. Gross. The wealth I made off of the defeatist in society would easily cover my cost on the original loan. I surpassed my expectations, and what is mine is mine. However, for many low scum, what is thought of to be theirs is mine also. My legal tending, legal lending has made the pockets of my designer pants overflow with the income of the fallen. The downcast are quick to sign my negotiations with their dreams for a better life. The interest rates of my contracts are far second to that of a happy family and smiling children. If just for a moment, I granted that moment. Now these people fall back to the disheartened and wretched of the droves to break even with me. This struggle is not mine, but their income and property are. I have slept well. Beggar off, peasant! How dare you muddle with your master! 
My master? Silly boy, you forget your pre-existence to your reality. Boy, have you lost your beatings? Wait. I know that voice. Good boy. Lewis, what are you doing at my door at all hours of the night? I've come to collect. What? There is no way. You can't be here. I'm older now. You were old then. You, you can't be here. This is a dream. I assure you, my boy, I am here. Very well. Go to the guest room, and we shall sort this in the morning. It is far too dark to do this dealing in the now. Yes, it is dark. Eternity is dark. Even your voice lacks quotation and volume. What do you mean? He was right. I can't hear myself speak. Good boy. I had to be dreaming. I need to wake up. Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! This can't be real! It is, boy. Seems you finally read the contract. Doesn't matter. I was going to arrive nevertheless. Lewis, I did read it. Last night, actually, before bed. Then I sent it to the fireplace because it's worthless. You asked for nothing in return. Horrible business plan, actually. Even so, I can square with this with you in the AM. I am. You are what? I am involved. With? What is my name, boy? Lewis. Go on, boy. Full name. I am involved with the details. Mr. Lois Cozen Fur. Centralize and reduce, boy. Your name? Go on. Lewis Cause. What did I tell you to call me back when? Lou. Yes, now middle. Cozen. Meaning? Cozen. Ah, uh, I believe the definition as in to trick or deceive. I thought it was foreign, like your last name, Fur. Didn't think anything of it. <laughs> the G is silent, boy. Add it up. Think it out. I can hear your selfish mind ponder like the spoken word. What was he getting at? This is a dream. An awkward break from reality. Knock, knock. Hurry, boy. I grow impatient. Lou, Lou, Cozen, Fur. Seems foreign to me. G is silent. Louis, Cozen, Fur. Almost there, boy. I don't know what you want from me. I don't understand. Wait, I am involved in the details. In the details? The name. Lucifer. The devil is in the details. Lucifer. Oh, God. No. He can't help you now. You owe me. Should have played that chess game, boy. No. Checkmate. It's so dark. I need to wake up. Not going to happen. You're a specter of fiction in my mind. You're not real. This isn't happening. Please wake up. Poor boy. You think this is a game? A dream? You signed a contract without reading it under false pretense to take advantage of the innocent and manipulate me? No. I couldn't be more clear. No. The suit, the style, falling from grace, my card, my demon princess that opened the door. No woman looks like that without being evil. No. I tried to seduce you in the park. 
I persuaded you enough to come to my office. I knew exactly what would make you crack once I deduced your sexuality. No. She was quite the sight, that one. You have good taste. I knew what would impress you, uh, whether it was me looking how you wanted to look or her looking how you want your women. She broke down your walls and inhibitions like an egg, making you susceptible to anything I wanted. No. The darkness of the lobby, the black marble floors with cardinal trim. Ha! You fool. No one calls Hellfire Red Cardinal, you pompous mortal. The art pieces symbolizing the hurt of mankind, my glorious successes. No. I knew your thoughts then. I could hear them like projected words now. You thought you could pull one over on me? Con me? Take advantage of me? I'm the Prince of Darkness. Please. No, I'll make it up to you. I'll give you the rest of my life to serve you. Please. Boy, your life is over. What? This isn't a dream. I'm not outside your door. You bet anything on a chess game. And seal it with a handshake. Guess what I wanted? This is your coffin. I'm here. For your soul. No! The end. Good job, Joe. Thank you. And a uh, special uh, shout out and congratulations to uh, Sarge from the Gray Area for submitting this uh, story. Uh, very nice. I like it. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. What are you freaking uh, thinking about, Joe? Oh. Uh, probably the, uh, Borat 2 that came out last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I watched it instead of watching the debate. Um, it was good. It was good, I gotta say. Um, it, it wasn't what I expected, but, uh, I think it was a better movie than the first one. A lot more, um, uh, the plot was better. It, it, it held together a lot more cleanly. So, I'd recommend it. If you got Amazon Prime, I wouldn't spend money on it. I still never, I've never seen the first one. I liked the first one, but not as much as I liked this one. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What are you freaking? Uh, yeah, just, just about this job, man. You know, like it's, you know, I'm, I'm back to a company that, uh, I got let go from three years ago, uh, in a different, uh, position, uh, different opportunity, um, Different type of work schedule, you know, working, you know, two days on, two days off, three days on, three days off, day and night, like alternating and stuff like that. It's, it's a lot to deal with. Um, clearly as we're recording this, it's like, um, like 1130, uh, central time in the morning. And, uh, I've been up since two in the afternoon yesterday. Um, so it's just weird, like trying to get used to stuff like that. And I'm not honestly even like really that tired. Uh, well, you know, it is what it is. Um, so it's just getting used to that and how the process of, you know, this is going and kind of just rebuilding my life, you know, and, you know, make sure bills are paid right, you know, because obviously being laid off for nine months, uh, wasn't easy, fun in any way. So working on that, yeah. Nice. Nice. Hey, Joe. Yes. Every week our listeners can catch Cartoon Joe here on this freaking show. Except during the month of October as we celebrate this freaky show with the Freak Joe. So during the month of October, if our fans are missing Cartoon Joe just a little too much and they need to kind of catch up with him and see what he's doing, where can they go? If you need some Cartoon Joe, you can find him over at the GeekCast Live podcast at violentpress.com. You can also find us on Facebook, iTunes, Google Pod, and Twitter. 
by searching GeekCast Live. Nice. Guys, make sure you follow us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter just by searching this freaking show. You can find our shows being released every single week on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and now on Amazon Music. So make sure you go and check out this freaking show. Like, subscribe, and give a rating to wherever you listen to podcasting. It does help us out. Again, make sure you, uh, you know, subscribe to FreakNet Studios. Uh, so you can check out the uh, Freaky Cemetery tours that we, uh, we have been releasing throughout the entire month of October, as well as some future ideas that, uh, me and Cartoon Joe have, uh, as well as, uh, you know, Sarge and, uh, Dizzle J. Uh, as we kind of get back together, you know, following this whole COVID incident. Uh, but me and Cartoon Joe have done a lot on that uh, page and that channel. And we'd like you guys to kind of watch and enjoy it. And make sure you subscribe so you can see the future stuff. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that is all I got for this evening. So as always, I am Travis D. And I'm the Freak Joe. And thank you for listening to another episode of this Freaky show. I'm out.